Yeah, I get, it's almost like when if you led with the leaf sign of like you know Dylan Gambrel or whatever, like signing <laughs> with the Leafs, and it's like okay, I mean he might be a good Marley next year, but. <laughs> oh, no. Episode 173 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast. It's your boy, Jevin Lefave. We got Hayden Barton on as per usual. Hayden, how we doing, buddy? Who do we have on today? We have the man, not the myth, but the legend. Mm. <laughs> McNaughty too fucking hottie. Let's get it. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? I'm good. Uh, Hayden, you're actually right. I am kind of hot because I don't have AC in my unit. So, like, kind of <laughs> sweating. Kind of sweating, not going to lie. I could probably crack open a window. Uh, no, I'm doing good otherwise. Um, I'm in the States. I'm actually, it's actually a good thing you have me on this week because I'm technically on vacation. Like, we're on holidays. So, like, beauty. I'm, I'm literally just at home drinking a beer. Um, you know, sponsored by this, like, Luke Combs guy. Ever heard of him? I don't know of him. Uh, <laughs> my country friends do. I don't. But like, you know, beer never broke his heart. Apparently, that, oh, that's great jam. Great so, song. That's what's going on with that's what's going on with uh, with Big E over here. Love that. Yeah. Last night I went to bed at like ten forty five, mm. and I woke up at twelve forty five in a like complete panic for some reason because I. No idea where I was because of how hot it was in my room. Because I didn't, ha- I had, because my dad put it on the sprinkler and decided to put it right by my window. So I'm like, all right, well, this isn't happening. So we're closing that. And then I didn't put on a fan because usually it's kind of tempered in my room with the window open. But since it's been 8 million degrees the past week, it got like a sauna in there. And I woke up and I was so like, uncomfortable because of how hot I was and I was just like once you overheat your thought process and like comprehension of anything goes right out the right out the window and I was just like especially when when you've been sleeping yeah especially when you're deep in sleep and then you wake up and then you know that was was like a dream I had the other day where like I I fucking well I spent like in my gym, I think I spent like $900 or whatever on food. And I was like, woke up the more and like woke up in the morning. I was like, Oh, thank God. I didn't spend $900. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Now, now, now we're back to reality here. Now we're good. The thing is though, like I went, cause I usually sleep with like a podcast on like, like on YouTube or something like that. Or like just like some like bullshit video to kind of like put me to sleep. Uh, sometimes it'll be like the office or something. And I put on like a good, good video or something like that. And then I woke up to a spit and chicklets interview and I'm like, how long has it been? Like I was, <laughs> I was Ryan Kessler's talking on my TV right now to biz wit and stuff. And I'm like, it's talking about the 2011 cup run right now. And I just woke up from a nap after I thought it's been like five hours, but it's been two. So then I was like, I got to get my life together before I try and go back to sleep. 
Yeah, you're, you're, you're listening to like 32 Thoughts or whatever and in the morning. <laughs> it's like, so Taylor Hall got traded to Buffalo or to Boston. And it's just like, wait, hold, wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. Time <laughs> out. Time yeah, out. Yeah. So I had to open a window, turn on my fan, and then just calm down. And then I eventually go back to sleep. But yeah. it was, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. But uh, you said you were drinking a beer and hey, I don't know about you, but I might have to stay away from that. Till at least the weekend. Oh, <laughs> I drank my body weight in beer on Friday alone because we were camping, Ian. And Guam in the heat with no responsibilities. A lot more beer than you think it's drank. I I I was also in Squam this past week, uh golfing. I went golfing and then I went to hang out with Scott. And then Scott took it, like, we went from one restaurant back to his place, and, like, we went through, like, a trail in the bush. And, like, I have so many Skeeter bites. After just playing one round of golf and, like, walking through a trail. Yeah. Like, not fun. 10 out of 10, not fun. They're thirsty for the naughty too hottie. Clearly. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I, I And I also, I texted you, like, happy late birthday, because I knew... I knew on Sunday was your birthday. I was like, oh, I should like text him. And then I forgot. And then yesterday I'm like, ah, that's what I, that's what <laughs> I'm forgetting. That's messed up on that. Yeah, that's all right. All good. But hey, how you feeling after the weekend we had? Oh man, the weekend we had. Thank God Sunday was just like a chill, like chill day. You know, we didn't drink too hard and then. Yesterday, it was just the inevitability of having to unpack everything. And it's like, man, I don't want to do this right now. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> yeah, unpacking everything, starting laundry, doing food. And then it's like, holy fuck, I'm ready for bed at like eight. Yeah. Yeah. And then this morning I woke up and I was dead tired. Like I looked at myself in the mirror and I'm like, go get him, Tiger. <laughs> 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 snap your fingers yeah. you're the man oh my god i felt like shit but you know what we made it through the day a hot one at that and uh yeah now we're podding amen back at it when i like kind of forgot it was free agency like on saturday and um on like monday morning when you said we got a lot of talk, a lot to talk about this week. Uh, recording, I'm like, I have, I have to go prep for that, and it's like I have one brain cell like fighting with itself right now, mm. and it's like <laughs> I can't do anything. Are you kidding me? And my dad offered me a beer, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll have another Corona, my 18th Corona in the past 24 hours, but. Yeah, no, it was it was a weekend. It was a weekend and a half. But uh, how was uh, how was your first day back? Like, how how was the, kind of the kickstart of your holidays there, Ian? It's good. Um, I have nothing planned. I'm just at home. Uh, I I think the I think the only exciting thing that I have planned is that I am going to the MLB draft on Sunday night at Lumen Field. Gonna watch forty six rounds of players getting drafted. Forty six rounds of players getting drafted. I don't know any of these players, 
and uh, but it cost me nothing to go. Like it's free. Like I reserved a spot. It was free. So like it's beauty. I'm not paying anything. But like congratulations to you know Marcus Aldridge from LSU for getting drafted to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Like just perfect. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Round Great. thirty-seven with the hundred and. <laughs> What pick it's, or the 600th overall pick? The it's, Arizona it's be, Diamondbacks select Kobe Harris. And it's like, cool. <laughs> Dope. Good good for him. It's, yeah. it's, like that, it's like that SpongeBob meme where like they like go 24-7 and Mr. Krabs is like day 40. Like that, that's what the MLB draft is gonna be. For yeah. me. Like, all right. Cool. Round 29, and the first yeah. pick is a pitcher from UCLA. Sure. I'm yeah. sure this kid will be fine. I'm sure I'm sure it'll take him eight years before he gets a taste in the MLB. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure I'm probably going to be, you know, be a dad with two kids by the time this kid is anything prominent at the pro yeah. level. Yeah. No, MLB drafts are wild. But, uh Hey, what about you? First, uh, first day back at work. Pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. Pretty slow days. Tomorrow, I already know what I'm doing as well. Should take me like a full day. Thursday, unfortunately, have to work long. But it seems like Friday, I either get the day off or might go into work late. So, I'll take it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Absolutely. That's beauty. So I can't complain. All right. Yeah, I can't <laughs> complain at all. Can't complain at all. But um, so I had something that's going to inspire the question of the week here, boys. And uh, so I am picking up the work truck from uh, my boss's house because I'm taking over someone's uh, someone's rotations of sites for a couple months because he's out on EI right now. So I drop my car off at his house, drive the work truck, drive it home. All goes, all's going to plan right now. And then I'm walking to my car, pop my trunk open, change my boots, close my trunk. And as it's about to shut, I make eye contact with this golden thing. And it was my key to my car. And I close my trunk, car is locked. I'm locked out of my car. And I'm like, what a hot start to the week, boys. <laughs> I'm like, uh, fuck. <laughs> uh, I'm like, this sucks. So I asked like the mechanic who uh, works out of, who like works for the company and works at, out of his house. Like my boss's house. I'm like, do you have like some sort of like door pump that I can, I can pump my door open that some like, like BCAA uses and stuff. And he was like, why the fuck would I have that? And I'm like, it was a question. It was a question. You got a lot of tools around here. I'm just asking. And then I didn't want to call BCAA because I didn't want to wait two hours for like someone to show up. But then, uh, so I waited for like one of the work trucks and I was going to drive like the big work truck that like we dump all like the green waste in and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's just a hall. Like, where am I going to park that thing in my house? Like, I don't, it's a neighborhood. So then I waited for like the spare pickup truck and I got, I drove home and I was going to drive back out to my car and then drive back home. 
And my mom's like, why don't you just go there in the morning? You're going there anyway. And I'm like, see, that's why you actually have a brain and I don't. So I I actually got to say I got saved that way. So tough, uh, tough look, tough start to the week for your boy. But uh, question of the week is what's an, an what's the most embarrassing thing you guys have done that could have been like very much easily avoidable? So it's like it was just like a very like. If I just was a normal human, this wouldn't have happened, but this is embarrassing. Like, I don't want to tell people I did this. That yeah, it seems really... like you have you have an answer right away. Well, because it's funny because um, we talked, like, hanging out with my buddy Scott and his buddy Lance. Like, Lance literally asked this question, like, what's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you? And, like, well, obviously a lot of embarrassing things have happened yeah. to me, Big E. But the one that comes straight to my mind, and this is, like, this is a little bit graphic. This is a little bit embarrassing. I don't know how far I can I can take it, but uh, this was like March 2020, eh, April, like whenever the last dance was, whenever they were showing the last dance on, on TV, like okay. during, during the pandemic, um, I w- was living in Burnaby. I don't know if you guys are familiar with like the Burn Creek, like ravine. Hi- there's, a, there's some trails in there. You can go hiking in there. You go walking in there. Really nice. So I did that one Sunday night. The problem was that this was also during COVID when everything was shut down, like the public washrooms weren't available. So I couldn't go and use that. Oh no. Yeah. So like <laughs> I was about three quarters away done my done my hike. I could see my place. I could see where I was going before. Yeah, I I I needed to use the facilities that were closed because of COVID and it was like a fairly populated trail. So I, I did dart into uh, like one of the bushes scared quite a few people, but I did dart into one of the bushes where I, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So like that, that was pretty embarrassing. Um, Yeah. It's always something that's like, you never wanna have to come to that conclusion, but sometimes you have no other choice, and it's it, like, all right, we're gonna eat this one. It, I, I had to throw my my shorts out on after it. Like, uh, it, it, yeah, that's how bad it was. Um, luckily there was nobody else at my place, so like it was just me. So like I didn't have like didn't have to explain myself. I didn't have to tell anybody. <laughs> But that's that's my go-to, I think, for embarrassing stuff that could have been pre- preventable had the washrooms just been open on any, literally any other normal time period. Had the public washrooms been open, Ian would have been fine. But damn, that's tough. That's it's tough. a real adulting moment. It's a real yeah. growing up experience. Real, yeah. real, real growing pains. Yeah, you you connect with yourself a little bit more after those experiences. Really humbles you. It really <laughs> humbles you. Hey. Do you have an answer for this? I don't know how I top that. Maybe yeah. I should have gone first. Yeah, maybe you should have. <laughs> um, man. I have to imagine there's so many embarrassing stories of me out there, but I can't like really pinpoint one and think of it right now. So I'm going to have to just say like the most basic one. I was at Tyson Braden's. This is yeah. back when I was living on park and I was like, 
I don't know, 10, 11, 12, somewhere around there. And we were just clowning around, boys being boys, playing blind tag, you know, as you do, uh, from bedroom to bedroom. And they were, like, pretty close together. And I jumped off of Braden's bed. I think it was Braden's. And when I came down, my finger landed on the desk and it kind of like landed like like this. Oh right? yeah. So I only hit my pinky. And then I like go into the other room, I'm like, holy fuck, my finger hurts. Like <laughs> I just thought, you know, bruise, whatever. And then yeah, I don't really notice it for the rest of the night, whatever. We go to bed. We wake up in the morning and then we go and have breakfast. And uh, Tyson Brain's mom looks at me and it's like, hey, your finger. What is wrong with it? And lo and behold, my like pinky is like out to here. Oh, and it's just black and purple. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) very easily preventable uh, by just not jumping off of a bed and being an idiot. But, you know, these things happen. I got one thing that may top that is the one at Brock's house when you tried to. Oh yeah, the... okay, that's pretty embarrassing. What was Jerome the... Simpson? Jerome Simpson. He tried to mock the. He tried to mock the Jerome Simpson front flip touchdown, and he just front flipped onto Brock's bed, and his heel came over and kicked a hole in his wall, and it was the first time Hayden had ever met Brock and his family and been over at his house. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like. Dude, you're the new guy. You can't be doing this stuff. Right yeah. Well, I mean, if <laughs> we're just, talking about putting just holes, a, in the just wall, a heel size, just a heel size wall, and I'm like, oh, Hayden, you can't just like front front flip onto basically the next thing to strangers' beds, and just like, okay, now now there's a hole in my wall, and Brock was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, it was really embarrassing. Uh, thank Ugh. God I didn't have like a job then, or else all my money would have gone towards that. But yeah, I mean, speaking of like another one, I guess same thing. Tyson Braden's house. Uh, Braden and I have the bright idea to go down the stairs in like sleeping bags because it's really fast and it's really fun. And then we go down a couple of times, whatever. And then one time I just pick up speed. And next thing I know, I'm looking at Braden and I'm halfway in his wall. (laughs) Halfway. I'm not even shitting you. Halfway in his wall. Because Ian, the way those stairs worked is there is a landing at the bottom and then three stairs to the right. Mm -hmm. So like there was a big wall that was just like where it changed direction and his... He was 90 just, degrees. Yeah. yeah. So, so there wasn't very a lot of, there wasn't a lot of time for him to slow down before he hit that wall. No. And uh, yeah, I started panicking. I was like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? And then worst thing happens. Their mom comes home and I'm like, oh, I got to get out of here. So I just (laughs) rent home and I'm like, I'm like, red red face wide-eyed just fucking eating dinner and then all of a sudden the dreaded phone call yeah hi linda um <laughs> your son made a hole in our wall <laughs> and uh how big um him yeah, just the size of him 
about the size <laughs> of him. And uh, yeah, no. So that I, I guess there. Now we know. Yeah, he's got a few down. He's got a few in his tool belt right there. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's good, boys. That's good. Well, let's say so we're not here all night. Let's get this episode going. It was it was a very much busy week um this past week in the NHL. And uh last week we had Scott on to talk about the draft. He gave us his mock draft kind of situation and he was going to come on uh this week but he's decided to play 18 with his dad in uh Whistler so he decided to golf over us which is kind of fucked up but we'll let it ride for this time uh uh this time only but uh Ian I'm going to ask you cuz you didn't come on last week uh who did you have going first overall Oh it wasn't myself um <laughs> it- this this Connor Bedard kid is fantastic. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, um, yeah, Bedard was the number one. Yeah, like, yeah, you, you have to be you have to be dumb not to take him. But like, what was your over overall thought of like whether the top ten, the draft in general, the first round? Like, what would you kind of give the consensus of the draft? I think it was pretty not maybe not chalk, but like I think it was more or less. Pretty pretty mundane and fairly expected as to what we thought was going to happen. Uh, you know, there was a couple picks that were a little surprising. The Carlson pick, um, the Reinbacher pick, um, Tyler Benson sliding down as, as much as he did, I think, surprised some people. So I, I think more or less it was a pretty mundane pretty chalk draft with a few little sprinkles of surprises and you know not what we were expecting yeah i think the main talking point me and hayden had was when zach benson (laughs) fell to buffalo at 13 (laughs) and then we text each other as benson got drafted we're like he was like, we could have had Benson? What the fuck? Because the Canucks drafted uh, Tom Willander instead. So why do you think Benson, what, like, how, like, what's your, I'm not, I know you're not like an insider. You weren't on the grounds of the draft, but like, if you, had to kind of, if you kind of had to pinpoint your finger on an idea of why he fell, arguably close to seven spots, like, what would you kind of say? why he fell it sounded like it was height like i i, I could be wrong but it's like he's about five eight five nine which i think it's gonna throw some teams off I, I don't think that's fair i don't think that's enough i don't think that's a good enough reason why i do you know who more or less people thought were going to be in the top 10 drops all the way down to 13 14 but it sounds like height's a concern and i i yeah, I, I think there's, you know, it only seems to be those guys, the, like the dub guys that just Buffalo winds up with. Like, yeah. like somehow, like, you know, Dylan Cousins a few years ago, Peyton Krebs however many years ago, you know, now Peyton Krebs isn't there anymore. You know, now this year it's, you know, Tyler Benson. Like, it's just the dub guy that just somehow falls to Buffalo's lap just, you know, seems to be death taxes and the dub guy falling to Buffalo. Like that's just yeah. how it seems to be. That's just how it seems to go. I think it's Zach Benson, by the way, buddy. Oh, Zach Benson. Who might think it was Tyler Benson? Is he a he former got, giant? He, he, 
He got drafted by Edmonton a few years ago. He's played for the Jets. That's how dated I am. Jesus. Zach Benson, <laughs> excuse me. Zach Ben no, Zach Benson, Winnipeg Ice. Um, no, he that that's kind of the what I heard was just height wise, but otherwise he just he just fell and Buffalo takes another dub guy. Yeah. Hey, what about you? What were your kind of overall thoughts of the draft and kind of who got who and all that matter? Yeah, obviously, like you said, us texting back and forth uh, when when the fall happened, I really wasn't paying attention. Obviously, we were we were getting ready to go out to the Nickelback concert, and yeah. Shaden and I had gone out uh, for a little quick bite first, and then I was like, "Oh fuck, it's it's five thirty-five. Like, let me let me just check." the NHL uh, like draft tracker. And then I saw that and I was like, wait, wasn't he like ranked like six on people's boards? And then I went back and I looked and I'm like, oh my God. And then I texted you and I'm like, this would be so Canucks that we actually draft what we needed. But this guy fell and watching like four years, it's going to make us look fucking stupid. Yeah. But it's like, we went, the Canucks went chalk, and that's what I liked. And then, obviously, Carey Price stole the show uh, when he just forgot Ryan Bacher's last name. Yo, and... I felt so bad for him watching that. I'm like, yo, oh, I don't know yeah. what I would do if I was in his position. Oh, yeah. And, like, I've seen a bunch of tweets and stuff from Carey Price, and he says, like, I've reached out to him. I'm mentoring him. Like, I'm doing all this for him now because I just feel so bad and i'm like yeah "Yeah, i would too buddy (laughs) yeah i i was listening to 32 thoughts today or yesterday and uh they were talking about the draft and it was it was the episode before free agency and he said like friedman was talking about how he ran into price as he was coming off stage and price said he was like you could tell that he was like shaken and like almost like holy shit what just happened and he just looked at me he's like i just froze like i forgot everything about that player as soon as i said his first name like nothing was coming to me and he was like he just couldn't remember it he's like i froze and he was as a media person friedman is he's like dude i fucking feel you and like everyone feels you like that shit sucks imagine like david reinbacher kind of probably knew it was him but he's like Come on, man. Please just say my name. <laughs> say it properly, yeah. please. But um, there's a lot of noise that was kind of around that pick. But I kind of want to rewind two picks prior. And Leo Carlson goes before Fantilli. And I was talking. I showed Scott the photo. Um, I should have got like some voice clips from him. Maybe I'll get some voice uh memos of his like opinions on like the on anaheim's draft and i'll slide him in right here so if you're listening that's that was scott about his anaheim takes but um yeah uh leo carlson over fantilli it kind of threw a lot of people off a couple days before the draft i wasn't surprised when it happened because i heard all that buzz but what were your guys' reactions to carlson going over going ahead of fantilli to anaheim i heard like the little rumblings 
but like an idiot, I was like, oh, this probably isn't true. This is probably just some Will Levis is going first overall sort of shit. And then it happened. And I was like, oh, okay. That's a that's a little bit weird because for months it was Fantilli was going second. And so many people were talking up as the number one and number two picks are, are solidified. But then, nope. Yeah, I I really thought Fantilli was going to be too like if I, I think how it was or how it would be like if Bedard wasn't in this draft like let's just say Connor Bedard wasn't in this draft for whatever reason I would have thought Fantilli would have been the first overall pick and then you know Mitchkoff would have been up there too but he's got some other stuff going on that we'll talk about later but. I was really surprised that Anaheim went with Carlson in that I think that Anaheim's just a team that needs talent. They just need all the, the big name talent that they can get. Maybe Carlson is that guy. Maybe he's him. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I got that vibe from Fantilli watching him, you know, at World Junior, some of the other Canada stuff, uh, like the World Championships this year. Like he's got that, he's, for lack of a better term, he's kind of got that dog in him, Fantilli. And I don't know that I saw that with Carlson a whole lot. So that's why I was kind of surprised Anaheim went the direction that they did. But who knows? Maybe maybe they know something we don't. Maybe they know something more than me, which wouldn't be all that surprising. Yeah, apparently, like, Pat Verbeek knew immediately. He was like, obviously, he still did his due diligence and did draft day interviews with, like, all the prospects that would consider taking that too. But apparently it was right away almost that he was like, no, I like Carlson over Fantilli. I think it might just fit his the play style better with the way Zegers and Terry play. But also, like, with the way Fantilli plays, I mean, he's just, like, as electrifying as they come. And I think Columbus, they were ecstatic when Fantilli was available to them at three. They had to be. But um, Arizona, then... I guess like Montreal. What did, what were your thoughts on Ryan Bacher, uh going to Montreal at five? I, I I get it. I I don't know that he like Montreal's a team that I, I'm not concerned about, but I don't know if they have as much high end elite talent as we think they do. And I don't know that Ryan Backer adds to that. I think it's gonna be solid. Like I think he'll he'll probably be like a top four guy, like people keep talking about. I just don't know that he's like the top elite pieces that one of those guys that they need. You know, I know they probably weren't, you know, they weren't interested in Mitchkoff or it sounded like they weren't interested in Mitchkoff. That seems like somebody, yeah, he's in, you know, he's not going to be in the NHL for what, three years, but like that seems like a guy who you have an elite, you know, elite talent that you can, go with and you can bank on if you're um, Hughes in Montreal. Yeah, I think it's always a risk taking defensemen because they develop a lot different than forwards. Like, I think you can use throw forwards into the mix a lot easier and you can kind of see them do their thing, whereas defensemen take a lot of time to develop. But, like, they didn't have, like, another pick until late and they traded it away and... I just think this kid, like, he has a heavy shot and you have everything you need in a defenseman in this kid. And, like, right shot defenseman, when you have those, 
you got to take risks on them. And I think that this is as solid as they come because Montreal didn't really have any right shot defensemen in their prospect pool. And like when you have zero, then it's like really hard to like get ahead in this league. And obviously there's exceptions like Dallas never really has a right shot defenseman, but they have a Norris candidate in Miro Heiskanen and Canucks don't really have one, but at least we have, I mean, I guess we have Tom Willinder now, but like, before that, at least we have Quinn Hughes that we can still kind of fall back on. Montreal doesn't really like have that. And they got a few prospects in the pool, but I think this is like their defenseman, their right shot defenseman that everyone knows you must have. And I think it's better to have that when you still have young forwards you can look forward to already on your roster. So I think it was a risk they had to take. Could they have traded back? Possibly, but also everyone knows the status that right shot defensemen have, and they could have been gone the pick after without knowing. That's kind of where I land on it, but it it, it could be a risk for sure, especially with the talent that was there. Um, But hey, Arizona makes the biggest splash, uh, I would say, taking Simashev at six. A lot of analysis had him going late first, potentially into the second round. Uh, 6-5 defenseman out of Russia. Um, I know that they weren't really into Mitchkov, but like, what are your like, what are your kind of thoughts with like Arizona reaching that hard with a player they probably could have got at their second pick at 12? Yeah, this gives me mad Vegas Raiders vibes with uh what was it, Leatherwood or something yeah. like that? And, and Pharrell, too. Yeah, you, you just don't see any sort of, like, info about this guy on why he was selected this early. It's like people don't even know what to, what to say about it. So definitely the surprise reach, because, yeah, they could have went Mitchkov and then probably gotten Simashev like you said, in the second round or with their 12th pick. Yeah. Like, and they just, and then they, uh, because they sent Chikrin and that was the Chikrin pick, right? So it's like, (laughs) like coyotes are going to be the coyotes, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't understand why, why they did that. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I'm kind of with Hayden here. Of, and I mean, this kind of goes to the Montreal thing too. Of like, some guys just might be more to the team. Like, some guys just might might be more meaningful to you know, you know, Samashev might be more valuable to the Coyotes than how you and I would rate them. Sure, okay, but at that point, then it's about asset management. And if you can get a guy in the late first or possibly second round trade down 10 picks if you got a team yeah. like you know nashville was talking about how they wanted to move up into the top eight there, 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 there's a there's a move there to be made which you know there weren't any trades in the first round which okay, okay like sure but you can move down it just gets to the point of asset management of like how can you best use this asset how can you best use yeah this six overall pick and drafting on a guy drafted on two guys in Russia who probably could have been available 
10 picks beforehand or 10 picks later, excuse me, it's just not the best use of asset management. And that, you know, you don't, you don't see that right away. It's usually with in the NHL, it's the three or four years down the line when the picks don't work out or they're not getting regular minutes or they just can't crack an NHL roster. That's when it's like, okay, this, this hasn't worked. This, this was not, not good. It's giving you how to, it's giving yourself as many like kicks at the can as possible, as many, you know, as many hands, you know, on the poker table that you can get in Arizona. I think a little bit Montreal, but Arizona, I think really limited themselves in it with their picks they made. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Mitch Koff to Philly. Apparently in draft interviews, he said that he really wanted to go fill, go to Philly. He wanted a stable management group, and he wanted to go to a city where the team is cared about. Now, I kind of I kind of understand where he's coming from. Like Philly fans are lunatics, and it's just like you're gonna feel the energy when playing there. It's just that Philly hasn't shown they're the most consistent over the past few years. And when it comes to coaching hires, uh, moves at the deadline, they've been kind of weird. But I think like with the new management group and Danny Briere and um, Keith Jones as the president of Hockey Ops, like I think the direction's going in a brighter direction. That makes sense. Um, so like... I can kind of understand wanting to go to Philly, like good sports town, good history, but it's just like Philly or Washington. I think I'd want to go to like Washington. Like, I don't know. It's different, but like, what are your thoughts on Mitchkov going to the flyers? Hey. Yeah. With Mitchkov going to the flyers and saying that he wanted to go, I think that's all just smoke and mirrors the same way. Again, relating this to football, the same way Jair Alexander is saying that Jordan love is a top, Top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And it's like, this guy hasn't even started a game. Uh, it's it's all smoke and mirrors. Like, did he want to go? No, he probably wanted to go to the Blackhawks because then that would mean that he was the number one player. But, you know, he's not. And he had a lot of, you know, backlash in the draft. And he he had projections to go top three, but then obviously fell to seven. And Philly... Yeah, he was one away from Washington and going to Washington would have been better. Even going to Detroit, I feel like would have been a lot better because if you're talking about towns that care about their hockey, I feel like Detroit is a little bit more caring than Philly in my books. Uh, maybe original six team says something to you about that. And uh, I don't know. That's just me. Whenever your nickname uh, hockey town. I think they. Care I was literally hockey. just thinking that. I yeah. Was literally just thinking that. Yeah. There's there's a lot of reasons of uh, why I think this is just smoke and mirrors, and it's laying off the scent, saying like, "Oh, it's not that bad." Well, let, let's see how you feel about that in three years. <laughs> yeah. I don't think yeah. Philly's there yet. I don't think they will be there for a long time, and I yeah. think I think that makes sense because he's not going to be over there for three years, like Ian said. Like it's going to be a while. So I think it's just like, all right, like I'm going to go like play on my contract. I might like get bought out of it early so I can come over here. Like once I think the team's in a solid direction for me to play, but like Philly has no rush to bring him over. So I think that's why it's a perfect fit. And 
The only reason why I think it's a bit different than that Jair Alexander thing is because if Mitchkov was so confident in him, like, going top five and stuff, like, I don't think he really gave two shits about that because he only took interviews from so many teams. And he decided to, like, stay in Russia for a few years where, like, if he wanted to go top two or top three, then he wouldn't have signed his contract or he would have signed for less years and wouldn't have brought um, as much drama around him. But, like, he only met with so many teams. He only, like, showed up in person to so many teams, and he signed a deal over there. So I think that's why, like, I can honestly believe, like, he, like, took, like, a face-to-face meeting multiple with the Philly management group. I think that shows signs of, like, yeah, I'd like to play here. And I think a lot of teams prior to that didn't trust him didn't have the trust in them and he probably didn't have the trust in them. So I think like him falling to Philly, like makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But Ian, do you like the fit for Mitch and Philly? Yeah, I do. And I'm like, I'm thinking from like trying to think back in the past, how many guys, a, how many guys have like said that they want to be flyers and how many guys have B made a, made a public. Like we yeah. just like I I don't recall in my time about like hearing a guy be like oh I want to be a like I want to go to the Flyers I want to be on the Flyer like it just like for like probably my dad's generation like there was probably something to that but not really for myself growing up so if you're Philadelphia if you get a guy who's saying like yeah I want to be a Flyer like I want to play in Philly you kind of have to take that you kind of have to go for that. And I think we, as both fans, and I'm not in the media world as much as like you guys are, but I think we could be quite harsh. Like I think the like three years is a long time. Like to say that the Flyers are still going to be as bad as they are now in in three years, maybe like. To bring it back to football, look at the Eagles. Remember that? Remember when the Eagles had Carson Wentz and uh, Jalen Hurts and they were playing that week 17 game against the Washington football team and everybody's like, God, this is rock bottom. Like, this is terrible. These guys stink. And now all of a sudden, three years later, they're playing in a Super Bowl. Like, yeah. I'm not saying it's an, it's an apples to apples. It's an apples and oranges comparison. But, you know, we can be so harsh on and, you know, we can just – you know, we drop, we, we dive straight into the worst scenario possible and say, this is how it is. This is how bad they are. There's no, cho- no chance in hell, blah, yada, yada, yada. It's like, no, I think if you, you know, you have the pieces, the management that they talk about, I, I probably would change coaches. I don't know that I like the coach, but like, you know, you know, like I'm just like, Hey, I don't think they're as bad as we all make them out to be. I think, you know, with a new new voice in the in the room, new leadership. You know, not trying to be like the Flyers of old. Try and get some skill guys like Mitchkov. Let's try it. Who knows? Yep. Do something different. Exactly, and it puts excitement back into the city. And I think, like, when he knows, it's like, all right, I have a former NHL player, two former NHL players running the team. I think they have a good sense of where to take the direction of a team. Then their old GM who is throwing trades into a trade simulator and making his judgment off that. Like Chuck Fletcher was an absolute 
buffoon running the flyers and it was just a dumpster fire and Briere came in and was like now we're gonna strip this to the ground and we're gonna trade like our assets if it's the right trade and the right deal and for the right price and all that but we're gonna try and shake this team down and push it in the right direction and yeah i think coaching needs to change but let's be honest by the time he gets over here they're probably gonna have a new one because torts i don't think he's able to last that long and you'll probably just go to like a, another team for two years and then another team for two years and then be on the nhl network as an analyst for six months Torch might do the columbus thing of just barely sneaking them into the playoffs and anything's yeah. possible which hey you're in the playoffs fair enough but you know who knows yeah. no who exactly knows? um so Vancouver, I, I do want to talk about them, but before that, let's uh, let's talk about your Red Wings, Ian. Uh, they take Nate Danielson, a big centerman at nine. Um, what are your thoughts on what Detroit did at the draft in general? Uh, I like the moves. Um, I've been told that Danielson's a kid who like he will play in the NHL. Like at some point, he will play in the NHL. Like he's a hardworking like two-line center you know some people have said he's like Larkin light um which i don't know how true that is but like people told me like he, he's just gonna make the show based on just who he is and how he plays like he he's he he should make it you make the show um yeah uh their defense is it asp yeah uh xl sanding pelica thank you um yeah he's Apparently, again, supposed to be, you know, another good defenseman. You know, the Red Wings have a history with Swedish defensemen, i.e. Nick Lidstrom, Jonathan Erickson. So, like, you know, he's (laughs) apparently good. Nicholas Cronwall, um, you know, he's got big shoes to fill. Not saying he's going to be like those guys, but, you you know, you got big shoes to fill. And I think there is something to be said in that of like, hey, here's the list of guys before you who, you know, Swedish defenseman who played for the Red Wings. This could be you. Um, so all in all, I think the Red Wings did a, a good job when it comes to the draft and, and getting players that they like. Yeah, I, I agree. And, like, I'm going to transition that into, like, um, the Canucks as well because – um, hey, obviously we wanted Benson for Vancouver and as much as that makes sense, bringing the kid home, like when you got right shot defensemen, like Tom Willender and ASP, like available, like, I think you have to just get them. And what, what made me happy about seeing Tom Willender, like in his draft, like, uh, development cap interviews and, um, what the insiders heard about him that I like, I didn't, that made me like him more is like. As soon as he played really good at the World Championships or World Juniors or whatever, mm-hmm. he committed to BU like right away. So like he's not going to usually Swedish players develop in the SHL for a couple of years playing on bigger ice and everything and come over here and it's a little bit different, but no, he's playing college hockey right away and he's going to kind of get used to like the North American style of play which I think can really speed up his development and help him. And an insider um, asked him, he was like, well, you're going to be playing a lot of BC, like Boston College, like a lot. And they have a lot of high-end talent on their team. Like, are you ever like, are you kind of like focused on that, kind of worried about that? And he was like, you just got to come watch the games and just watch me. 
And like that kind of confidence, like sometimes overconfidence can be dangerous, but I just feel like this kid is just walking around with like, I want to be the best. So I'm going to work to like, and he think he was like, I'm going to prove to the Canucks why they made the best decision at picking me at 11 and not trading back or letting me fall. So like, that confidence kind of swayed me like this kid's ready to play and like he's not scared to go get it and i think he's a player that is exactly what vancouver needs and i'm happy i'm stoked about it Mm -hmm. no definitely uh reading up on his uh i guess prospect board is what we can call it to the actual pick uh he got as high as 12 so i guess you could say it is a reach in a lot of people's areas but watching clips of him he skates like how i would imagine like quinn hughes does you know like he's such a he's such a fluent skater and he plays heavy in the defensive end yeah and it's definitely made me feel a little bit more confident about willander so I don't mind the pick, obviously, because we need a right shot defenseman. Now we have a right shot defenseman. Bring him up on the prospect pool. Wait. I don't know. I, I don't know if he's ready. I haven't seen anything saying if he's ready or not. I think it's going to be like two years maybe till we see him. And defenseman if that's been developed at a slower rate. Yeah, exactly. And if that's the case, obviously they're going to yeah send him down and let him play in semi-professional leagues and Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to get the pick and cannot kind of finish the rest of their draft with drafting a lot of defensemen and a lot of right shot defensemen. I noticed because like I feel like they just went with the mentality like if you throw enough shit at the wall, like something will stick. So like I think if you draft like I think they use ninety percent of their picks on like defensemen and like. 90% of that 90% was right shot. So it's like they got some bigger right shot defenseman who was drafted along with Will Linder. So I think they're like really trying to deepen that defensive side of the puck. Cause like anyone can kind of go out and like fill in a spot on the wing, but defense is really hard. So I think like getting that right's important. So I kind of like the direction that the Canucks went. Uh, we got a six foot six winger, which I'm excited to see. Uh, just a tall, lanky motherfucker. And it's, uh, we got him in the fourth round. He has a nice jump to him. Uh, I'm excited to see him, though. And uh, we got next year's for uh, projected first overall. We drafted his brother in the sixth round. So the kid's coming home, boys. The first We're going to get first overall. We're going to get his brother. He's going to demand to get traded to us. And we're just going to make the... We're going to win the Stanley Cup in two years. It's happening, boys. It's happening. But... Uh no, but I'm I'm really happy with it. Um but do you guys have like kind of like the biggest steal of the draft, like uh or like a biggest reach um of the draft like overall? I think sorry, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cut in because I think this might be uh I think Calgary may have gotten the biggest steal of the draft. I was reading up on that little tidbit area and Watching Samuel Hanzik play, he looks like a generational, like, everything about Calgary kind of forward. He's big, he's muscly, and he can score. 
<laughs> it just gives me like super good vibes and getting him at 16 like i i don't even know what uh you know arizona's thinking of here because daniel butt sorry i know it's probably not how you say that at all it's, but I uh, it's pretty funny. it's pretty close honestly like it has I, a bit more of a russian accent on it like both both but like it's i think i think that was an absolute steal for for calgary yeah i really like that pick as well Ian, do you got anything um the rangers took perot that's the one i like as well that that was the one um because the rangers i think took uh quite a few uh u.s national development team players so chris drury and the gang were you know like what they saw i guess um Pro is the is, is, oh, I can't remember who he's the son. He's the son of was a Yannick Perot? That's a good question. Uh, so he's a, a baby for those who are interested. But I actually do think at like twenty or wherever the pick was, like it was a really good pick. Like he's someone who I thought the you know the Coyotes or I don't know about the Canucks, but definitely somebody like in the high teens would have taken or. 10 to 15. So I mean, 10 to 15, I thought would have been, would have taken him instead of falling all the way down to the Rangers where he did. So yeah. that was kind of my, my favorite steal. Um, I don't know if I have a reach. I don't know if I have a real egregious reach in the draft. Like, yeah, Semishev, like the Coyotes six overall pick. Yeah, I think that's kind of a reach as well. That's probably the biggest one. It, it, it yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. I, I, I really like Oliver Moore for Chicago at uh, nineteen. Um, I had him kind of like just outside the top ten, um, and all like Chicago getting Bedard and Oliver Moore. I thought that was like obviously Bedard was chalk, so like you're getting a draft grade of an A just by getting him alone. But I think like adding Oliver Moore when like I didn't think he would reach any anywhere past twelve, I was like, wow, they're getting Bedard and more. Like I really like that for them. I thought Perot was pretty solid as well. Like I thought that was a great pick at twenty three. Um, it was just um, I thought Simishev was a bit of like, oh, okay. Like I obviously like you said, like different teams value different players. But I think like with the asset management, they could have probably traded back or like gotten Simashev at 12 and traded back to like wherever Nashville drafted at like 15 or something like that and gotten both of the players they wanted. Because I think both of them was just a bit of a reach, just like a bit ahead of like where they were drafting. But I mean, we'll see in the end because that again, I don't like shitting on a player too early before I... Yeah. And, it's not, and it's not like I like... like it's not that I hate any of the picks. It's no. not, it's not any of that. It's just like Montreal took Ryan Bracker. It's like, Oh, okay. And then the Coyotes made their pick. It's like, Oh, okay. And yeah. it's like, it, it's, it's, it's the, Oh, okay. meter really is what it is. And the Coyotes and the uh, Canadians were like on the medium high, like, Oh, okay. T- meters really. Yeah. No, that was, that was the same as me. And like, I think Vancouver, there's a decent chance they probably could have traded back to around like 
17 maybe to get Willander. Like, I honestly think they probably got him later, but it also scares me trading back because if your plan doesn't work out, then it's yeah, like, he'll... well, fuck, we could have got our right shot defenseman that we really needed. And now we're just getting like another bullshit left winger when we could have had Willander, Polika, and Benson and more. But now it's like we got neither of them because we thought we could get them later. So like I'm fine with getting your player if you'd if you get if, like they could have had Willander ranked like top six and they basically it was a steal for them. Like who knows what they but like it's always scary at the draft. But um there were some trades, boys. Uh there's some trades around the league. Um we're gonna kind of start in like most relative to like least relative, I guess. Maybe not a ton of them were relative anyway. Um, but Colorado, uh, they traded the 37th overall pick that they got for um that they got for Newhook um from Montreal. They traded that to Tampa Bay for RFA Ross Colton. Um and then uh I'm just gonna ra- kind of rattle off some Pittsburgh. Acquired Riley Smith from the Vegas Golden Knights for a 2024 third round pick. Um, Chicago basically acquired Josh Bailey from the Islanders and their 2026 second round pick. But I think all things pointed to them buying out Josh Bailey. Uh, Detroit acquired Yamamoto and our boy, Clint the Slim Jim Costin. Um, but then I think they just traded for Yamamoto's rights, but then he later, um, signed in Seattle, if I'm not mistaken, but Edmonton acquired future considerations. And then Chicago got, um, Corey Perry, the vet and, uh, Tampa Bay acquired a 2024 seventh round pick. And then Minnesota also acquired the three time champ, Patrick Maroon. Um, for a late round pick as well. So Minnesota Wild, your 2024, 20, yeah, 2024 Stanley Cup champions. But um, what do you think of all those boys, uh, all those trades, boys? Um, the trades were kind of um, very like unattractive and like free agency as a whole. But like, do you have any opinions on any of those trades? I they're very NHL trades if that makes sense like they're very very NHL like only in the NHL could you trade two roster players for future considerations yeah future considerations was on the move this uh this past few weeks he got he got a lot of action over the weekend Um, (laughs) absolutely no I don't I don't I mean more or less they're all not i guess hockey trades whatever that term means but like very nhl specific like type deals that you don't see in other sports um for better or for worse well like sure pat maroon he's a guy yeah he's a dude riley riley smith could be something yeah i do like the riley smith deal because i think like what dubas wants to do with the pat last few years that Malkin Latang and Crosby have in them is to give them a competitive roster. And I think a third round pick next year is a very good deal for Riley Smith, who can be a 50 to 60 point player. And I think that'll just a nice piece of round up the top six to like make him that much more competitive. And Riley Smith has been as a very solid player the past few years. 
And I think like anything to kind of strengthen that team for like the next foreseeable future, I think is a pretty buy low move and taking advantage of a cap casualty from Vegas. And I was, I was talking about this with Avery Hayden about like, I think the move, like, I don't think he's going to be anything special. He's not going to be like a massive game changer, but I think if he can be like a 40 to 60 point, like anywhere in that range, like I think he, that can be a very nice addition for Pitt. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. Um, also Ross Colton, I think that's a good move for Colorado. He's young and kind of like a shit disturber. Everyone hates playing against him and he can score like 40 points. So it's kind of a low risk move as well. Shouldn't cost you much either. Yeah. He was the 37th overall pick this year. So it was like an early second round pick. And like, if he's, you know, if he's an RFA, like I don't, you're not paying him the moon to come play for you next year. I don't think he's going to break the bank. Yeah, no, exactly. I agree. Uh, but let's uh let's run through some signings. Um, Vegas, they I think they were the early ones to make the big moves. Um, shortly after that trade from Riley Smith that freed up the cap space for Vegas to re-sign Ivan Barbashev to a five by five deal. And along with that, they signed Aiden Hill to a two-year $9.8 million deal. So 4.9 a year. Uh, thoughts on those two signings, boys? I say very positive signings. A lot of money for Aiden Hill. At least but, it's I mean, a two-year sh- deal. Yeah, it's a two-year deal. And, I mean, he's <laughs> like he showed pretty much on the biggest stage uh, that he can play. Yeah. Almost $5 million, though, for this guy who is like your fifth goalie this year. Yeah. Well, didn't Corpusalo get five mil? Yeah, that's later down the line. He got five. Did he get five or four? I think he signed a four by five. Right? Oh, no, he got five years, I think. I think it was five. Was by it a four. five by four? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was five by four. Yeah, I think okay. it was $20 million deal. Oh, yeah, I know it was 20 mil. I just couldn't remember if it was a four by five or a five by four. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I think he got that fifth year. I mean, proven winner, Aiden Hill. Like he shut the mouth on, he shut everybody's mouths up. It, clearly, this guy has something. Like, what if this is like the next best signing for him? You know, like, what if he plays out of his fucking mind? But it's also like, do you put him in front of Logan Thompson after he almost had a Calder Besna type year early on before he got hurt? Like, are they both products of the defense or are they legit? Well, I mean, so, now only time will tell when it's considered that like uh, like a Boston situation, right? Yeah. 1A, 1B. No, well, that's not your tandem. And... Like, are we just assuming that Laner's not coming back? That's right. That's right. Surely. Like, that's that's kind of the – maybe that's why he's getting all the money is because Laner's not coming back. I don't know. I just, like – again, could be some inner workings I don't know about. On paper, 4.9 a year for Aiden Hill. I get that he just won you the cup. Almost $5 million. That would be too much for me, especially for a team like Vegas that, yeah, they always figure out a way to manage the cap. But, like, 
couldn't you couldn't do three point nine? You couldn't you couldn't do four. You had to do four point nine. You had to do almost five million a year. Like I, it's just uh, I, I. But again, like you guys say, it's only two years. So like two yeah. years from now, it won't matter. If it was like a five by four point nine, then we're like asking. That's like okay, like that's a mm-hmm. lot of years for a guy who like only got a shot because the first four were hurt. Like mm-hmm. I understand Aiden Hill took advantage of his opportunity, but four point nine is a steep price. But I think the term makes it better, makes it more justifies it a little bit. But I mean, I think them bringing back Barbashev was a more of a massive win than Hill, in yeah. my opinion, because Barbashev, that guy showed every bit of, like, he got a raise just from that reverse hit on Gudis alone. <laughs> and I honestly, like, he, there's a decent chance he could have got, like, a six-by-six six somewhere out there in free agency. Yeah. So, um, speaking of that, we're going to go to Toronto. Uh, they signed uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi, Ryan Reeves, and John Klingberg and other um, pointers to that. They signed, I'm pretty sure they signed Reeves to like a three-year deal, like under $2 million a year. Uh, Klingberg, Bertuzzi, and Domi were all one-year deals. Um, what do you boys think of those moves from uh, Brad Tree Living? I, I kind of want to see Toronto win it all uh, this year, just off. Like, the, how do I put it? The Maple Leafs are like one Kachuk away from being your dad's team. And I want to trademark that. Like, that that's where the Leafs are. It's just like one Kachuk away from being that team. And I think it'd be really funny if they won with all those guys and everybody's just like, well, we don't know how hockey works. There's no yeah. effort for this. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I agree, and also just like, okay, Kyle Dubas, you can go take care of an old team and pet. We got Brad the Dream Tree living, winning us a cup right now. Hayde, what do you think of the moves over in T.O.? Uh, I mean, they're all, like, pretty pretty good moves. Like, (laughs) I don't really see one bad move. Like, you get you get Domi with veteran presence. Uh, like, that's huge. One year, whatever. He could be like a trade at the deadline. Who knows how things are going or whatever. Or even keep him on Bertuzzi one year. But that's what also kind of scares me. It's like these are all one or the, a lot of them are one year contracts. So is that just like a trade at the deadline sort of thing? Or is that like a, yeah, we're, we're going for it. Yeah. But also See, about like these moves are like the, um, like could these moves potentially affect like extension talks with Nylander? Cause oh, very well. Cause they're very far, well they're far away on a deal. A number. So it's like, so is yeah. another sign and trade in the NHL going to happen with Nylander to somewhere else? It so. very well could. And I mean, would I expect it now with all of these moves? Like, probably not, considering how far off they are on a number. You know, but it's also like, if you're the Leafs, you got to realize how much do you value Nylander over anyone else that you have? Yeah. So, no, exactly. Exactly. 
Do you think a sign and trade is possible in Toronto with Nylander or do you think they're going to figure out? Because I think Toronto's offering Nylander 8 mil, but Nylander wants 10 plus. So what do you think about that, Ian? I, I'd almost... It's possible. I, I almost just want to see him play it out. Yeah. Because I, I, there is part of me that is just like, this this next season 23-24 this is the last season with the core four yeah like if it if this doesn't work with with, we're going another direction with Bertuzzi Domi Klingberg um you know Reeves we're going in another direct we're going to try something different if it doesn't work this time bye-bye we will find something else yeah it's you could get like a decent package, but it'll hard to get like players as good as them down the road. But also you, at some point you just need something new. Like Vegas didn't have a core four. They had two very solid players in stone and Eichel, and then had a bunch of players like Marsha. So Carlson, um, who the fuck else? Barbashev. Like they just had guys who were just like, taking advantage and they built this massive defensive corpse that no one could get past. And last time I checked Toronto is the farthest away from that as possible. So it's like at some point you got to just like make the tough decisions and break it off with one of those guys. And who knows what direction you could go down. Which if you want to do a trade, like you say, you, you know, you're going to get 75 cents back on the dollar for a Nylander trade do you want to do that at the deadline if the team's not that good compared to just possibly letting them walk in the offseason or, like you say, maybe a sign and trade next year? Like, I, I just, I would be really, if the, if, I'd be really hard pressed to see the Leafs um, make them make, trade anybody of, of the core four at least until next year. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, we're going to Vancouver. Uh, they, don't make any massive splashes, but they signed Carson Soucy to a three-year deal, Bluger to a multi-year deal, and Ian Cole to a one-year deal. Um, Rick Tockett wanted a depth centerman. They got that with Bluger, and they wanted some size on defense, and they got that with Soucy and Cole. Uh, they also signed a few depth goalies and stuff like that. But um, what do you guys think of this from Vancouver? Nothing incredibly special, but I think very solid moves nonetheless. But... Uh, hey, what are your thoughts on? Susie intrigues me. The three-year deal. Uh, unfortunately, he is left-handed, which... Come on. But, I mean, he... I was reading up on some of his stats for Seattle, and, you know, this is like a defensive defenseman, you yeah. know? He had the third most blocked shots... And I think he averaged like almost 17 minutes a game, something like that. And and he hits. He hits a lot. <laughs> and that's what we need. Like that could like something like that to pair with with uh with Hughes would just complement the game ever so nicely. And someone who can just get in the way. Like he's a giant guy. Six foot five. Are you kidding me? And only an AAV of three point two five. I think this is a this is a solid move. 
I was going to say, I'm kind of with you. Like, Suchi was a guy in Seattle that they talked about a lot. Like, you know, just solid dude. Just, you know, moves the puck well, good at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, useful piece for the Kraken. I'm I'm kind of surprised that Seattle or that Vancouver went after him because he doesn't seem like a guy Vancouver would go after. Like, he really doesn't. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> competent. Like that, yeah. That's, that's more yeah. what I was. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like he immediately moves past, you know, Myers and everyone on that list except for Quinn. Right. But I mean, like he yeah, he doesn't seem like the average Vancouver Canucks signing. I agree with that. Like, you know. An improvement over Ekman Larson, an improvement over Tyler Myers. So um, already on good terms. Yeah, like it, it's really it's the small wins. Like you don't have to do. It doesn't take much. You just need to have like, you know, so, so, yeah. Sometimes you just like. Sometimes you just need to like bring in guys who don't suck. You just need guys who like will not suck, and people will like you. Exactly. And I feel like that's what Susie is, you know, great depth piece. Um, who knows about Teddy Bluger? Like, I think he'll be fine. He'll manage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Canucks should be better. I think the Canucks will be better. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yo, my camera just keeps turning off and on and I was just trying to figure that out, but I heard everything you guys said and I totally agree. Um, hey, I think just Susie's presence, like the big size defenseman, is way more what we needed than like Ekman Larson, who's tall, but like exactly what Quinn Hughes is. We don't need anything more than what Quinn Hughes is because we also have Hiroshi, who we also re-signed, who's a very solid defenseman in the works. Like He's a he can quarterback the power play and he's a very quick defenseman similar to Quinn. We got Rathbone, like we got a ton. We got Woolen in, like all those defensemen are just like Hughes and Ekman Larson. So we didn't really like need an Ekman Larson type for that much money. Carson Susi makes a quarter of what Ekman Larson makes off his old contract before we bought him out, and he's like you said, he just. block shots, hits, and he's able to play enough minutes where he's not a liability until the second period. So I like the deal. We didn't commit to him for any longer than five years, which is great work. Just three years by the next year, he's even a tradable contract with two years. If we, we truly can't stand him. Like, I think, like, I don't think he'll ever be a problem. I think Teddy Bluger, it's really hard to see how bad a centerman is when he's just like a third liner and like an energy bug. So it's like kind of like as long as he doesn't like completely turn the puck over and he's incompetent of like taking a shot on net, I'm fine with that. If he just runs around and creates energy and like maybe has a couple scoring chances every couple games, I'm very happy with the signing because it's not mm-hmm. expensive. It's not long, whatever. And Ian Cole, he's won a cup, has a little stain attached to his name. Won't be wrong about that, but he has that veteran presence that will help a lot of the young guys we have coming through the pipeline, like Harassi and Wollin's a bit older, but he has that, like he's been to the 
Stanley Cup playoffs. He's made the Stanley Cup playoffs nine years in a row. So I really think that's, I think Aquilini made this signing because he's like, I want to get to the fucking playoffs. Let's get a guy who's been there before. If you really wanted to take it to the next level, we would have traded for Patrick Maroon. <laughs> get a cup in Vancouver. We got that guy on our team. But, you know, I think, I think Canucks did as much as they needed to without overkilling it and thinking they weren't doing enough. I think they got the right pieces for a good price. So I think they kind of nailed it. Hi, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. 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 Um, Kalorn and uh, Rasko Gudas go to Anaheim. Um, I really wish I could hear Scott talk about this, but I think just two veteran guys who will help out a young team won't really move the needle too much, but good guys to multi-year deals. What do you guys think of those? I, I agree. I, I can. I. I was gonna say I could be Scott. I could just say like, yeah, no, this puts us closer to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, Clorin's actually somebody who I thought like the Red Wings would be after. I thought the Detroit was gonna try and sign Clorin. Um. Two perfectly good guys, and. I don't know if this really, like you say, Jeb, moves the needle all that much for the Ducks, but they still should be tougher to play against, if anything, which is probably what Pat Verbeek, Ducks GM, is looking for, is being tougher to play against. So they got that going for them. No, I agree with that 100%. But, yeah, I don't really think they got any better, but I think they just got more experience and just bigger and tougher, which is kind of like, I feel like Anaheim, they're in a position where we don't want to be, like, the doormats of the league. So like, at least let's just in our losses, be competitive and like we can hit people. And I think that's what Anaheim became with those two guys. Uh, Boston did some interesting moves. They signed uh, James Van Riemsdyk, Milan Lucic is going back, Kevin Shattenkirk and Morgan Geeky uh, signing with Boston. Uh, what do you boys think of those moves? Um, going to the President's Trophy champs of last year. I mean, this is a... You know what? I almost thought I had a word or like some sort of analysis to this, but I, I don't. It's all like... I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> they like you read off a couple of the names and you're like, oh, wow, they didn't get any younger. <laughs> no, 100 percent. I and I agree. This is, this is all like familiarity or like veteran presence, like veteran presence can only get you so far in the playoffs. But you need the young guys, right? Like I thought they would have tried to reside, uh, resign, you know, Bertuzzi. He seemed like a what you would call Boston-esque player. And, you know, they didn't. And then instead they were like, hey, yeah, let's just let's just sign Lucic for a $1 million deal. One year. I mean, yeah, like... they, yeah, they are kind of very weird signings. Like, I don't really think... I still think they're kind of like a worse team than last year, but I don't really think like they're obviously not going to live up to what they did this year, but I, 
I think they're like a below average playoff team with these kind of moves. Like, I don't really think they did anything special, especially with the question marks behind Krejci and Bergeron on if they're coming back. Mm -hmm. So it's just a lot of moves where it's like, all right. (laughs) I mean, we'll kind of just see how it goes, but JVR is like, I think probably the best one out of the four, but like, I also don't think he's necessarily going to move the needle for them. What about you, Ian? Yeah, the, these um, these guys kind of feel like rebound guys, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, they Bruins just got broke up, you know, coming off a, a heartbreaking, you know, see well finish, anyways. And they're like, okay, who can I get back with first? Who can I? Uh, who's who's right there? Who can I? Uh, yeah. Who can I, who can I get with? And as it turns out. Uh, it's Milan Lucic and JVR and Morgan Geeky. So, you know, they're starts. Yeah. No, will, there I, be any, will there be any more? I don't know, but they're, you know, they've, they seem like rebound guys for the Bruins at this point. Yeah. I, I very much agree. And I think it's just like, I think they traded like the likes of Taylor Hall and everything to try and re sign Bertuzzi. But I think it had something to do with Bertuzzi wanted term where there's maybe three teams in the league that can actually do term with where the cap's at. And I just think other teams have better commitments than attaching it to Bertuzzi. So he's just going to sign a lot of like bet on myself contracts until he can get term with a competitive team. So I just don't think he could get what he wanted with Boston. And he jumped at the first contract that he liked, and that was Toronto. So Boston like sold a bunch of stuff to bring back Bertuzzi, but then took too long to sell and didn't got cap space, but didn't get Bertuzzi. So yeah, it was kind of tough for them. But I mean, I mean, I guess like seeing Lucic back in a Boston jersey, I I really hate Lucic again. I guess because it's just <laughs> gonna bring back memories of 2012. But, yeah, I guess we'll kind of see how that goes. Um, Carolina, I think, had uh, really good signings with uh, Orlov and Bunting, bringing them in and re-signing both their goalies, Freddie Anderson and Auntie Ranta, to all multi-year deals. Uh, What do you think of Orlov and Bunting coming into Carolina's equation? And apparently they are, or at least were, for a period of time in the works to bring Eric Carlson in. But... Don't know how that's going to work after they. He had a much better season without Brent Burns, and Brent Burns also had a much better season without Carlson. So we'll see how that's going to go once they're back in the mix again. But uh, Carolina kind of making a lot of noise with Orlov Bunting and potentially Carlson. But what do you think of uh, their moves this year? I mean, it's Stanley Cup or bust, right? Yeah. Like that's really like I th- I think they they already had a really good def- decor. Uh, they added to that with Orlov, um, Bunting like like makes like so much sense. I didn't realize that was going to be a great like until they they announced the sign. It's like oh yeah, that makes total sense. Um, and I think even maybe even talking about Tarasenko too. Yeah, that, I like, also kind of heard that too on like a one year deal kind of thing kicking the tires on that, which like, 
fuck it, why not? Like they're like they're kind of like Toronto in that they just you know trying to find different ways to get over the hump. I don't know about the goaltending. Like we'll see how that goes. I'm a little little skeptical with you know Freddie being the one A, but I mean the re- the rest of the roster looks perfect. All, like as close as you can get to perfect in the salary cap era. That's that's Carolina. And I really like a very competitive team and what they have with one of the best coaches in the league and Rod Brendamore. Yeah. So, and I also think like that, uh, Peter, what is it? Caught, caught catch off or whatever that. Kotchikov. That played with them last year. He was stellar. And if they can find a way to make him a permanent role, I was a little, a little testy on the Ronta signing because of his health. But I think if you can run a 1A, 1B with, uh, what's his name again, Ian? Uh, Kochkev. Yeah, Kochkev and Freddie. Like, I think that's a little more trustworthy to me than Ranta and Freddie. But, yeah, I'm with you. A little little testing on the goaltending, but everything else is uh, near perfect. Hey, are you uh, riding the same canoe as us, or do you have anything new you want to chime in? Yeah, no, honestly, I was thinking the exact same thing as Ian. I was thinking it's Stanley Cup or bust. You know, these moves seem like they're kind of all in moves. And like you said, with, you know, Carlson, they were kind of on that boat. And it was just like, oh, if they got Carlson. That would have been <laughs> that would that 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 literally could be like the key to yeah. unlocking not getting swept. <laughs> and. Yeah, now we'll just have to to wait and see what Carolina has in store for us. And who knows? Like the goalie market right now is basically on fire. So I think maybe Carolina's kind of waiting for a domino to fall and see where they can kind of bend around this cap situation and maybe bring in like the likes of a Carter Hart with like maybe some sort of salary retained or like a Connor Hellebuck on at the trade deadline and then maybe mm-hmm. try and re-sign him or let him walk in free agency. It's something like that. Like I I could honestly maybe see is Hellebuck a free agent right now or does he have one year left on his deal? I think he has one year left on his deal. I think one, yeah. So I can honestly see maybe like a trading Freddie for a Hellebuck at the deadline or something like that. And maybe a portion of a salary retained on Winnipeg's part with some extra pieces going back. Like I could kind of see maybe Carolina doing that, but we'll see. There's John Gibson was just made available as well. So um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things going around in terms of goalies. Well, didn't John Gibson come out and say that, or like uh, at least being available that he was uh, like the fake report came out where he was like, I don't want to play anymore in Anaheim. And then he came out and said like, no, that wasn't me. Yeah, Frank Valley said that he will not be playing another game for Anaheim, and uh, Gibson and his agent both came out and said, despite us requesting a trade, which is true, uh, I'm not okay. pushing on, I'm never playing for the team again. Like, I think Gibson is open to being patient with the trade, but he did request he did request demand it. a trade. Yeah. Okay. He, want, he wants out of Anaheim, but I, I think he... He could see himself playing the start of the season with Anaheim. It's I just see. that. I see. Yeah. He got their attention with the trade. But um uh Miles Wood uh and Jonathan Druin signed with Colorado while Byram 
um, re-signs a bridge deal with them. Colorado, I think, gets tougher with maybe taking a low-risk uh, toss at Druin, maybe getting that McKinnon and that Halifax Moose, Mooseheads chemistry back. Um, I don't hate. I don't hate the signs. Uh, the signings. I think Miles Wood is a tough son of a bitch. Who's I think good on any team. I think the contract's weird. It's like six years, two and a half million dollars a year. Um, so the term's long, but the cap hits, I don't think, ever going to be a problem. But what do you guys think of those? I give it a good old Hayden thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm, what they're looking not... for, honestly, I think. I think so. Yeah, Joe Sackett's going to watch this, and he's like, yep. Did it right? Yeah, we're good. We're good now. We're good <laughs> we now. Are market. Solid boy. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have any issue. Like, yeah, like you say, Miles Wood is, you know, six years. Yeah, but that's why the cap hit is so low is because you signed him for six years. So, like, okay, um, don't have a problem with that. You know, Drew, Drew, and hopefully some. Like, there's, there's still got to be something there, right? Like, I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I can, I'm not throwing in. I I still have Jonathan Drouin stock. Like I I'm not throwing in the towel on that guy. I still think he can be something, but we'll see. Who you know? Maybe it happens at Colorado. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be nice. All right, we hit the Jonathan Drouin stock of the podcast. Uh, Jonathan Drouin. <laughs> I don't. I don't. He's not that. He, he, what was the one? What was the Chargers tight end one that we hit that was like really bad? <laughs> it was like Palmer, Donald, Donald Parham, Donald Parham. Yeah, we hit the Donald Parham part on the pod. It's like <laughs> Drew Ann isn't that. No, no, it's just it's you just don't hear often that saying. Like I'll just tell a Drew Ann signing all day, but when I just hear, I still have Drew Ann stock, it's like, all right, we hit that part of it where it's like, you're still buying, buying in on a player. I, I got a little bit left. It, it's when you, <laughs> yeah. I get, it's almost like when, if you led with the leaf signing of like, you know, Dylan Gambrel or whatever, like signing <laughs> with the Leafs, and it's like, okay, I mean, he might be a good Marley next year, but. <laughs> oh, no. Um, all right. Yeah. Solid side is by Colorado, but, um, I honestly think like Nathan McKinnon could like smack some more points into Duran next year. Maybe throw him on the power play with him, get his confidence back up. Uh, Matt Duchesne, after being bought out by Nashville, signs a one-year deal in Dallas. Um, I really like the signing for Dallas. I think Duchesne, like kind of like with Duran, I don't think he was as like bad the past few years, but like I still think that he's a very skilled player that could fit in with Dallas's team. And it's only a one-year deal. It's not going well. Like all these one-year deals, you could just get dealt at the deadline for some picks. But what do you guys think of Duchesne going to Dallas? I like it. I really like it. I think, uh, you know, obviously Nashville buying him out and then him quickly turning around and saying, all right, well, I'll just go to Dallas instead. Yeah. I think Dallas got a lot better with, with just that one move. I agree. Yeah, I mean, Duchesne, I I mean, you could probably put him anywhere really in the top nine. Yeah. Like I any agree. any any probably works. I don't I don't see them trading him at the deadline unless things really go bad. Like he he seems like somebody who'll be really, you know, 
important on a, a cup run for Dallas. Like he seems like an extra piece who would be important for them that could contribute right away. So I, I'm, I'm, I, I think it's a good, I think it's a good, a good sign overall. Yeah. I 100% agree. Um, Ian, your squad. Holy shit. Bring out the scroll of signings. Stevie Y went to work on July 1st. Clem Costin, James Reimer, Logan Rafferty, Darren Sprong, our boy, JT Confer. Um, who is this? That uh, uh, Shane Gossespierre, Alex Leon. They all signed with Detroit, and they were more players that I did not write down because I didn't know who they were. But your boy Stevie Y went to work and got two of your guys, Clem Costin and Sprong. So. You must be a happy camper. Yeah, I mean, the guy who must really be happy is the person who like who works as the lawyer, the guy who like makes the contracts on behalf of the Red Wings. That person yeah. must have got paid like a ton because holy shit, where there are a lot of deals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stevie, um, I went to work. Yeah, he put put in a lot of time. I mean, I don't know. The cost and deals fine. Not a big fan of the comp comfort deal. No, I was going to ask you about that. What was it five and a half a year for five years? Yeah, that's a either cut the term in half or cut the cap. It like that seems like a lot. I don't. I'd almost rather just keep Yamamoto at three than Comfort at five and a half. I granted Yamamoto doesn't play center, but you also have a bunch of centers in your system. Yeah, like unless. You don't think either one of them are ready. You don't, unless you don't think any of them are word ready, in which case, okay, you can do a two-year deal. You don't need to do a five-year deal for, for Comfer. Um, I was hoping they did it to, to bring Cat trade. They might still, but it didn't happen here. Um Yeah, I thought I thought something around Detroit would go down with the Brinkat, but Honest feelings, like you, you're hoping to break at like plays long term. Yeah. yeah, I think he, I think he would be a really nice addition, and especially just playing on Dylan Larkin's wing. Like I think he'd be one of the best wings that Dylan Larkin probably has had in in, in his time in in Detroit. Um, so I'm they're probably they're not they're probably still not done with all of it. However. Um, Reimer, yeah. Lion, Leon, yeah. Gostas Bear, yeah. Like, I thought this was going to be the year where the young guys would get bigger roles. And judging by the signings, they they haven't. Um, you know, Sprong and Costin make a lot of sense. I I like Yamamoto. I, I, you know, he's a guy who they talk about with height and like, is he a playoff guy? Can he do well in the playoffs and this sort of thing? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I see your argument. I just, I think he's still a skilled enough player to get a spot, maybe a little expensive at three, but still he should have got a spot. Um, I don't know that they're any better than like, they'll probably be a few more wins better, but are they making a playoff next year? I, I, I don't know. That's we'll see if they can still get the Brinkett. That would be, that would be my one like deciding factor. Okay. That's fair. I was, I'm kind of surprised you 
you're kind of in on the lion side. And I think Hayden, like seeing that, like Hayden uh, obviously dude. rode that guy into the grave last year in fantasy. And uh, uh, you better believe it. Ugh. So I think that's a good sign for Detroit. And I honestly think like that's a popular thing they do. It's like, oh, this guy had a good rookie year and he's an RFA. Let me sign him. Mm-hmm. Like they, they did that with Nadel- Delkovich. They kind of did all that. So I think the Alex, I think the Leon signing could be nice for Detroit. But that's where like there's such a small sample size. Yeah, that's fair. You're minimizing the risk because he's making like what's he making? Maybe a million dollars next year. So yeah. You're not paying him heaven and earth to to come play for you, but like I like I'm not expecting like I think the starters right now for Detroit are Huso and Reimer. I don't think Leon is getting a starter spot, but maybe Leon outworks Reimer and K- who knows? Like yeah, there's there's still there's still you know there's, there's still potential for him to be a a one B. I'll say a one B maybe maybe for Detroit. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Connor Brown signs with Edmonton. Uh, he's reunited with McDavid from their eerie days. I think this is going to be a really good signing. I think it fits in well with what Edmonton needs depth scoring. But what do you guys think? He's the uh, he's a Clem Costin replacement. <laughs> <laughs> no one can replace Clem Costin, baby. No yeah, one. No yeah. one can replace him. Ian. Okay, calm down. <laughs> Yeah, relax. No, but I think like he had a tough year in Ottawa, like getting hurt. But I think he, I think he can bring a kind of Hyman esque energy to Edmonton. And Hyman obviously meshed well with that lineup. And I just think it could be something that Edmonton can use. He's done, gonna move the needle a ton, but I definitely think that he will help a lot more in the depth scoring, which what is what they needed. Yeah, he, he he should be a solid piece for them. I, I you know, not going to, you know, light the world on fire, but he should be a solid addition that you can put in the middle six and be happy with. Now, you know, what will change this team's momentum and energy is Oliver ekman Larson is one of many pieces to sign with Florida, uh, including... Uh, Evan Rodriguez and William Lockwood, former Canuck shout out. Uh, but Florida also ships out Anthony Duclair for uh, Henry Lorenz or something Lorenz, but from San Jose. But kind of minor moves with Florida. I'm just going to kind of push past them. Uh, Luke Shen, Ryan O'Reilly, and Gustav Nyquist, and William Carrier signed with Nashville. Uh, Barry Trotz kind of going to work. This These moves kind of kind of confused me um, just on a basis of where Nashville is as a team, bringing in the likes of Shen O'Reilly and Nyquist on multi-year deals. Kind of different. Wasn't expecting them to make veteran moves like that. Maybe one year deal vet moves, but like, what do you guys think of these splashes being made going to Nashville? Uh, Ian, do you want to take this one first? I, I, I'm kind of with Jeb though, like of just like I don't. What what did Nashville think they are? I don't know. I think it's just like maybe like we're a young team, but we need some years of veteran presence. Like we're not trying to do anything special with these guys, but like, like they're not pl- paying each of them a ton, and they just kind of made a ton of cap space. Like O'Reilly's making just over like four and a four and a bit for four years. Or 
Luke Shen's making a couple mil, if that. Nyquist is maybe on a one-year deal, like not making a ton. Like I think the combined aren't like going over nine million dollars. So like, it's all pieces, but. And I have I have to count friendly this, but I'm pretty sure they have like, like not a lot, but like they have like four guys whose salaries they're retaining on. Like they have a lot of money that's essentially dead. Um, well, they bought out. Uh, they're retaining on Johansson, and they bought out Duchesne. And then they're and- retaining on Ekholm. And I'm gonna I'm gonna Google this to, to figure this out. But um, no, I I just like that's my question with Nashville of like, what do they think they are? What are they like? Yeah, are they the same Nashville that they've been the last few years of like they might sneak into the playoffs, even though they have like, you know, some quality pieces, but not a lot of quality. They're not a lot of elite talent, but there's some good talent. It's like okay, good luck. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. Hey, do you have anything to chime in on this? Yeah, it's. I just. You buy out Duchesne, but then you do all these moves that just kind of say like, oh, yeah, what, what, what the fuck are you doing over there? Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, you could have, you could have had like, like I'm on the, uh, I copied down all of the names and they signed like four, seven, eight, eight to seven, eight people. And it's like, you cut in half that list, and it's like that's what Duchesne could have probably been for you this year. Yeah. So I just, yeah. So I found it by the way. Uh, they have a retained salary on Johansson, four million dollars. Matthias Ekholm, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the next three years. Uh, Matt Duchesne. They are retaining some money up there retaining on him until uh 2029 and jeb you'll appreciate this you know who the fourth guy they bought out that they are paying two million dollars to until 2028 shea weber kyle turris oh really yes wow till 2028 two million dollars until 2028 for kyle turris so that guy's just like at home in Langley, probably, with his two kids, just cashing two million dollar checks annually from Nashville yep. for the next six years. That's phenomenal. He got, got the bag. He he got the bag. Yeah, and and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna go back to you know Willowboro Mall or wherever you know wherever he goes. <laughs> I'm in the local H&M with my kids looking for the best deals on white t-shirts or something like that or graphic tees. It's like, oh, another uh, another check just cashed. Love it. Love it. Um, all right, let's get past this. Uh, Blake Wheeler, Jonathan Quick, Nick Benino, Um And yeah, they signed in New York. Um, I think just good veteran moves for a young team, but I think Blake Wheeler on a one-year deal with a limited role could be a decent move for them. Um, 
But what do you guys think of these moves from the Rangers? Probably needed. Getting getting the experience. Uh, I mean, Hayden, I don't know how you feel about it, but like just good veteran experience. Yeah, no, absolutely good veteran experience. Uh, It's what they, it's funny because I thought they would have had kind of all that going into last year. And it seems like, you know, as soon as, as soon as they like the one pillar fell to New Jersey in the playoffs, it's like the whole thing just came down as hard as it could. So, yeah, yeah, I think, I think that this is really good for the Rangers. It's going to be a weird team quick in a Rangers jersey. Yeah. No, that's going to be weird as fuck. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh makes some solid moves. Um, They bring in Achari, Graves, and Eller, re sign. Jari and they also bring in uh Nedeljkovic. Um, I thought the Jari signing was interesting. I thought maybe they were gonna trade him or something like that if he was gonna come back anyways, trade his rights or something like that. But Pittsburgh just kind of making that team deeper as well as the Riley Smith acquisition. So um I think we talked a lot about Pittsburgh, but what do you think about uh these signings and re-signings from Dubis himself? Dubas and clan. Jari was the biggest head scratcher to me, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, it's tell like... me more. <laughs> it just seemed like when Pittsburgh needed him most last year, he just kind of let them down. Yeah, and, I agree. And I feel like where the goalie market's at right now, like if you're saying that you signed Tristan Jari five years, uh, five point three seven five, I would have taken Corpus Allo. Interesting. I would have taken Corpusalo way before Jari. I feel like, uh, yeah, I just like, I don't know. Like he just, yeah, he just wasn't there when I feel like Pittsburgh needed him. And and Jeff, that relates a lot to your fantasy team, just knowing that he was such a liabetic whenever you put him in, oh. and then as soon as you didn't, he'd get you like 20, 20 points. And it's yeah. like, well, this just is not fun at all. Yeah. But like, <laughs> he's also like similar to Patrick Line and goal scoring. It's like, he's really good when he's on. Like, he'll go on runs of six wins and seven starts, but then he'll also go on runs of, oh, he's been pulled nine out of his last 10 starts mm-hmm. a lot with like a five goals against average and a 700 save percentage. And it's like, this guy's not even an ECHL goalie right now. But, Absolutely. He's starts in the NHL. So um, that's an interesting take. Like Corpus Allo, he's shown consistencies. Both goalies have struggled with health, but I've never kind of looked at them being a comparable, but I'm kind of seeing it. But Ian, what do you think about uh, Pitt and their moves? Um, the Jari signing was, uh, yeah, it was surprising in that A, it was five years. Yeah. and. B, it's kind of like those like the GM politics in a way of like I'm surprised Dubis re-signed him because he's not his guy. Yeah. Like I I would have thought that Dubis just would have gone in a for better or for worse a different direction because you know Jari wasn't his guy. Jari wasn't his goalie. He's gonna go get his goalie. He's gonna go get his splash. And maybe that's coming along the way, like you know. Maybe Pittsburgh goes get goes and gets you know Connor Hellebuck or something, or maybe they go and get Gibson or 
something. But the Jari signing was weird for that for that reason of just like that's not a Dubis guy. So why is Dubis signing him? He must really like him. He must really think that he's a you know quality player. Otherwise, he wouldn't sign him to that deal. Um, but otherwise, I th- I think Pittsburgh's probably competing for the third spot in in the Metro. Like, if not a wild card, like they're still good enough. They're still fine. Um, they're just not as good as Carolina or New Jersey in in their division, anyways. Yeah, and I think that Jari signing, like what I can think of is uh, Barry Trot said in an interview after he signed Luke Shen. He said, whenever we were in Washington and we were trying to get through Tampa or something like that, like, or Nashville was playing Tampa in the final, it was, it was something like that. Um, but I think it was when he was with Washington, they were like severely like outplaying Tampa and like take, getting the better, like getting the advantage on them, like physically and everything like that. And Trot said, we signed, I signed Luke Shen because he mediated our physical presence and kind of switched momentum back for Tampa because how how he played. So maybe what I'm thinking for Dubas is like whenever Toronto's played against Jari, yeah, it's like fuck this guy's shut the door on us so many times. I'm going to ignore the fact that maybe he just wasn't healthy last year. He battled a few different injury stints, but also it's like yeah, like you he was also playing on his game whenever he played Toronto, but also it's like he's been injured at least like twice or three times a season for the past like few years. So it's like really hard to pin that term and money on a goalie who's maybe going to give you half a season worth of play. And it's better hope you have some depth in there to like help you stay afloat. So that's the only thing that kind of scares me with the Jari contract. But uh, last thing here on free agency, Pacioretty to Washington. I thought this was very interesting. Um, Pacioretty has been one of the more underrated goal scorers of this league the past few years, but has been absolutely bent over and abused by injuries the past couple of years with a couple of torn Achilles. But I think more one of the slept on signings and has a really high ceiling if it does work out. But what do you guys think of Pacioretty in Washington? Let's hope yeah. he just doesn't get injured. Yeah, like that's. I really thought it was going to, you know, he was going to do well in Carolina. And yeah. it didn't. And now he gets to go to Washington. He gets to go, you know, hopefully if he's healthy, maybe put up 50, 60 points. Like that would that would yeah. be really nice and really useful for the Caps. They could use another center, a really a a, a, a top six center, and I think Patriarchy when healthy can fill that role. But like Aiden said, he's got to stay healthy. Yeah, like if he can get them twenty five to thirty five goals and like sixty points, then like I think that's a very successful season from him, and like can really help Washington get back into the playoffs after missing it. Because uh, they didn't make the playoffs last year, right? No. Uh, so it was them and uh, Pitt out, which is like weird to see. But yeah, I really think that this can help him like get back in there and could be really exciting. But yeah, I mean that's all. That's all I got here, boys. Uh, we can either do like something to kind of end this off. We can either test Ian for twenty-one questions, 
Uh, I can pick an athlete, and you guys have to put your brains together for uh, trying to guess an athlete. Um, I say we just kind of do that now, and uh, we can kind of end this episode off with uh, on a shebang. Hayden, what do you prefer? What, 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 ga- what game do you prefer? Do you want to put our minds together and try and uh, figure out this this player that Jeb has set up for us? Let's figure out this athlete here. Let's figure right. this out. We're two smart guys. We can figure this out. Okay. Let oh me boy. Get a random NHL player generator. Perfect. I'm doing this all natural, baby. Oh, natural. Uh-huh. So this is an NHL player. Oh yeah, like this isn't like he's in the SEHL over in Switzerland. It. Current player? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a current player, and he's gonna be a player that you guys know. Okay. It's not uh, Arters Urbe or whoever. Uh... <laughs> um. All right, I got him. Okay. All right. Let the questions begin. I'll tally down and you guys have to get it on the 20th question. Okay. Ian, do you want to All take right. first? Well, pick, okay. Um, it, is this player Canadian? No. Oh, Ian, come on, man. You, you don't, you don't start off with that. I should have taken it first. Uh, is this player in the Western conference? No, I, uh, no, no. Okay. He's not in the Western conference. So he's okay. in the Eastern Conference. Is this player a goalie? No. Oh, okay. Um, that, that changes that, things. That is, help. Is, <laughs> is this player in the Atlantic Division? No. Crazy. We've gotten all no's, but yet we still know where we're going here. <laughs> so we are, okay. So, we're, so it's yeah. in the Metro. Correct. Okay. Uh, um, <sighs> Come on, you know how to split them in half, Ian. Is this player? Is this player actually? I'm gonna. Is this player won a major award? He has not. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, did this player make the playoffs this year? Yes. All right, Ian. He's part of the Hurricanes, Devils, Rangers, or Islanders. He's not Canadian. And he's he not Canadian. Not a goalie. Not a goalie. So he's not. He's he's not like uh, the greatest. Uh, okay, you go. Is it? Is this player an American? No. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 boy. He's not an American. Uh, is this player a defenseman? No. Ah, mm. it's a forward. Mm. <laughs> ah. <laughs> a forward that's not not North American. American. No, well, he could be Mexican. 
Yeah, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, not, not wrong. Um, it's like taking a logo three with your eyes closed. It could go in, but it probably won't. He could be Mexican, but he probably is. Does this player play for the Rangers? He does. Ah, okay. Okay, now now we're getting somewhere. Can I take a shot? Ian, how do we feel yeah, about yeah, me yeah, taking no, no, a I, shot? I was gonna take a shot. I was gonna take a shot earlier, but then Jevin kind of ruined it with the funny answers. But <laughs> all right. Uh is this is this player uh Mika Sabinajad? Yes, sir. Yeah. <sighs> Yes, sir. Mika. Also, oh, it is Mika. Okay, I was like, I've never actually heard his name like called up before. Yeah, Mika's advantage. Mika is playing at a music festival this weekend. Yeah, or was he DJs it up? Was he? Oh, at yeah, uh, Friday, June thirtieth. Mika was at Lollapalooza. Is that Lollapalooza? <laughs> yeah, he was. He was DJing at Lollapalooza. What a it's random fun. event to be at there. Yeah, that's fire. Sorry, Lola, sorry, Lollapalooza, Stockholm. Yeah. Ah, okay, he, never mind. Yeah, he's born in Stockholm. Um, first round, sixth overall. Got traded for Derek Bers. He got New York Real got Zabinajad and picks for Broussard. So I think New York's laughing about that one, but. No, he's uh yeah. Mika's a Banajad. Congrats, boys. You beat we got him. You beat the hose. Ladies and gentlemen, we got we him. We got him. <laughs> but uh Ian, my guy, it's always a pleasure having you on the Left Side Heavy Podcast. Uh let the people know where they can find you. Uh you can find me uh on Instagram uh, at Ian McNaughty. Uh I, I think again, I think that's what my Twitter handle is, which again, I always go back to it's like 75% manners content at this point of the year because it's all yeah. I have to look forward to. And like now they're back because they won like four straight at the time of recording. So the manners are so back. Um you can check out SYP Pod. Scott and I are we're going to uh we're going to a Seahawks game in December. So we might bring back SYP for that. Seahawks Eagles. Um might bring have to bring SYP back for that. But otherwise Follow the personals. Um, if you want to see a, a young man struggle with his baseball fandom, I'm your guy. I'm your fandom. Or I'm your follow. Ian's your guy. Let's go. Hayden? On Instagram and Twitter at Hayden underscore Barton. You can follow myself on Instagram at Jevin.Lefave. On Twitter at JevinLefave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LeftSideHeavy underscore. The YouTube. I thought I had last episode up. I exported the video. I edited the video, but I forgot to upload it to YouTube. So I was, and me and Hayden were gone for a weekend eh, without service. So <laughs> yeah. So the it's YouTube pretty, video. Pretty, pretty, tough to, pretty tough to upload videos when you don't have service. Yeah. So Absolutely. I'll probably get that up tonight and then this video up uh, probably sometime tomorrow or Thursday. But yeah, yeah, subscribe to the show there. Like, comment, all the videos, share. And um, yeah, uh, 
rate and review us on uh, wherever you get your shows. It really helps grow the show. And next week we got a regular episode in KBNR, which again, we actually don't know what we're doing for both because sports are pretty dry at the moment. So next week might just be a kind of bullshit around. Maybe me and Hayden just kind of fuck around for that episode, but we'll see. Uh, I won't guarantee the length because the last few times I said it won't be long. We still go for two hours. So, uh, yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. See you next week.